Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Lisa Brady. One problem that predates COVID has gotten a lot worse since the pandemic. Many students missing a lot of school. So much chronic absenteeism that Ohio might start paying kids to show up more. A proposed bill in the state legislature, still in the committee stage for now, would create a pilot program involving some kindergartners and ninth graders. They would get $25 cash transfers bi-weekly when the student is in class for nine out of 10 school days during that period. Bigger rewards are possible at the end of each quarter, the end of the year, and for graduating. Payments would be made to the parents of the younger children and jointly to the high schoolers and their parents. Republican State Representative Josh Williams says that's paying parents to do what they're legally obligated to do. But supporters of the bill say this is an emergency. We spoke with a co-sponsor, Ohio Democratic State Representative Dunny Isaacson. We made some edits for time and thought you might like to hear the whole thing. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the weekday Fox News Rundown podcast. Now here's Ohio State Rep Dunny Isaacson on the Fox News Rundown Extra. I know that you have called this the number one issue you're facing in education right now, uh, this chronic absenteeism. How bad is it and how did it get so bad? Well, so right now, I'll just give you some numbers to paint the picture. And and I want to emphasize, this is not just Ohio. This is a national problem, really an international problem. Other countries are struggling with this as well. But here in Ohio, on the eve of the pandemic, 11% of kindergartners, so students in their foundational year of learning, were missing more than 10% of the school year, so were deemed chronically absent. In the most recent year we have data, that number jumped from 11% to 29%. Uh, For ninth graders, so the year where you're starting high school, your first year your grades count towards um, your college application, we went from about 15% on the eve of the pandemic to almost 32% here in Ohio of chronically absent students. So it, it is just a massive challenge that on any given day, a huge percentage of the student body just isn't in the classroom, isn't in school. And that jump is not blamed solely on the pandemic, right? And, and lingering effects from it because the percentage was pretty high before the pandemic, as, as you're noting. Yeah, I mean, 11 and 15% are certainly much higher than we would like, but they are nowhere near the numbers that we're seeing now where we're starting to get close to a third of students in some in some grades. And in school, in the lower income school districts in rural and urban areas, you know, we're seeing chronic absenteeism rates of 40, 45%. So before we talk about the bill, I'm just wondering, is, is, is there sort of, you know, are there larger issues stemming from the pandemic that are folding into this that, that also need to be addressed? I think the answer to that is clearly yes, although I'll leave it to the sociologists to sort of dig too deep into that. I do think clearly something about the culture 
of going to school every day has shifted as a result of uh, remote learning during the pandemic. And so we need to get back into the culture of parents and students expecting that they're going to be at school every day. And so as a policymaker, I am just most interested in what can we do to get us there and what can we do to get us there as soon as possible because we need these kids in the classroom yesterday. So how would this current proposal work? So the bill uh, that we introduced is a very modest pilot program uh, meant to just test two different financial incentives to boost both attendance and graduation rates in the lowest performing schools. So the way it would work on the attendance side of things is that we would test in a small subset of uh, urban and rural schools whether $50 a month distributed in different ways, so either biweekly or quarterly, but $50 a month uh, to kindergarten parents and ninth grade students and their parents or guardians could act as an incentive to boost attendance in schools uh, where chronic absenteeism is highest. And then on the graduation side, whether a $250 graduation incentive could help boost graduation rates with additional bonuses for good grades in schools with the lowest graduation rates in Ohio. Now, I know this is a pilot program that's being proposed, as you said, but but it sounds like something that could add up quickly. And I mean, obviously, you want it to work. You want it to get more kids to be in school and be absent less. Um but how is this affordable in terms of the money? Totally fair question. We think about it in two ways. One, as you noted, this is a very small pilot program. So we're talking about $1.5 million over two years uh, in a state with an annual education budget of uh, two, ten, almost $10 billion. So this, the pilot is very small just to see whether this would work in Ohio. Uh, and then the second thing is that you know we should start thinking about policy interventions, especially in education, as investments and as preventative spending. So, you know, just as in healthcare, right, it is less expensive and ultimately better to spend resources up front on a healthy diet, on exercise, than it is to treat chronic diseases once they uh, come about, like diabetes. It is so much less expensive for society, for the taxpayer, for government, to invest in getting kids in school in kindergarten and ninth grade and graduating from high school than it is to pay the additional costs of when they get in trouble, when they're not in school. Uh, the fact that we have a workforce that won't have critical reading skills or basic math. Uh, you know, if a student doesn't graduate from high school, their lifetime earnings go dr down dramatically. They're much more likely to utilize public benefits. So this is actually, if it works, a way of saving the system significant amounts of money and getting kids both in school and graduating. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Now, the bill does have a Republican co-sponsor, so I know it's a bipartisan effort. There is at least one Republican legislator who has argued, though, you know, why pay kids to follow the law? Doesn't it end up setting a bad precedent if you're saying here's cash for something that you're really supposed to be doing anyway? 
You know, I'm really proud of the fact that this is a bipartisan bill and that my joint sponsor is uh, one of the senior most Republican leaders in the Ohio House, uh, who is a very conservative individual. So, you know, he looked at this and it was about it was about outcomes. And that's what it is for me as well, which is we need more kids in the classroom and we can stand on principle and we can, you know, get caught up in our feelings. Well, I didn't get that. And, you know, is it completely fair? But ultimately, our job as policymakers is to identify challenges and try and come up with things that will help solve them. And we have a challenge right now with chronic absenteeism, and we're not treating it like the emergency that it is. So this is an innovative pilot program that has a robust amount of data behind it. There are There is decades of evidence uh, from other cities, from other countries, rigorous studies that demonstrate that this can help boost attendance and graduation. So we just want to spend a very modest amount of money to see if it can work here in Ohio. What are the kinds of things that haven't worked so far? And I, I ask that in part because I know in some districts, at least, poor attendance alone cannot be a reason to hold a child back in a grade or to prevent a child from graduating, for instance. So are there other types of stricter enforcement measures that have been tried, you know, before this? Is this cash kind of seen as a a last resort effort or is it one of the first ideas in Ohio? I'm in my first term, so I I don't want to speak for the history of the Ohio legislature here. But since I arrived in the House, uh, we have only paid lip service to the issue of chronic absenteeism without actually introducing bills that could make a difference. So for me, it's really important that we are now talking about and focusing on a core issue in education rather than the tangential issues and rabbit holes that we often go down, right? I, we should be arguing, love it or hate it, we should be arguing about policies that are about getting kids in the classroom and ready to learn, not about where they go to the bathroom. And so that's what this bill is doing. But I, I understand people you know, being a little wary and a little hesitant, which is why we are doing it as a small pilot. Because we, if, if it works to really get more kindergartners uh, showing up to class, and all of a sudden they're they're doing better. Their teachers are reporting that things are going better. I think we'll have a, a lot more of a leg to stand on if we do look to expand it. But first we need to see if it can be successful. Mm-hmm. I know other cities have tried different types of incentive programs in Atlanta, the Atlanta metro area. There's an app that lets students um, get gift cards for good grades, for instance. In the Detroit area, this goes back a few years, though, they had a monthly stipend that was part of a broader effort for a community college path for more students. Um, Cash may not always work or it may not be enough cash. Have other incentive programs worked in the long term that you've been able to find? So there's really robust research on what are known as conditional cash transfers. Um, And that's exactly like it sounds in the policy discourse, right? It's a cash transfer that is conditional upon a behavior change. Um, They are much more effective in the education space when you're focused on inputs. So getting someone to attend school uh, rather than outputs like test scores, right? The data is a little less conclusive uh, in that area. But I spend a ton of time in classrooms all over the state of Ohio, and I asking students about this issue and asking them whether this policy would work or how they would structure it, what would get them to come to class. And this is by no means the only thing they say. You know, they want more experiential learning. They want smaller class sizes so they get more teacher attention. Some of them have issues with transportation on getting to school. Um, You know, their parents are working 
second or third shift. So it doesn't the schedules don't always line up. The buses can take an hour, hour and a half in some of these urban district, urban and rural districts. So, the, of course, there's a myriad of issues that are impacting attendance. But we are hoping and I think the data demonstrates that this is one of those interventions that, if successful, can help cut through the noise pretty quickly. What? And it makes sense. right? You and I both are are very familiar with, uh, you know, cash as an incentive. I think most people are. It's sort of it's a straightforward, simple uh, incentive structure that we're all very uh, familiar with. Um, is there any is there any concern? Did anyone raise concerns that it might end up putting too much pressure on the kids from their parents, especially younger kids? I want to make sure I understand the question. Pressure in terms of the kid, the kindergartners don't want to go to school, but the parents want them to so that they can get the fifty dollars. Yeah, I mean, it may you know sound a little far fetched, but at, as you referenced, I mean, some people are working two and three shifts. Well, I think if I'm understanding your question right, that is the that's the the point of the incentive is to change the way people are thinking about getting their children to kindergarten. Right. It's it, the whole idea here is that, like, right now, there's a lot of people, whether it's parents of kindergartners or ninth grade students who are waking up in the morning and they're saying, you know, it's raining or I worked a lot last night or I'm tired or all sorts of really normal human reasons why, you know, they're like, you know, I'm just not going to go today or I'm not going to take them today. And we want something in their brain in that moment to say to them, actually, there is that $50 out there. So, you know what? I am going to take them. That's how we're hoping that this financial incentive can change the culture around attendance a little bit. And same same idea with if you're a senior thinking about, you know, whether you're going to finish the year or if you're sort of getting that senior year itch to just be done. We want them to think, you know what, I could use the 250 bucks. And and if I'm going to graduate, I may as well get a 3.0 and get an additional bonus. So that is that's what we're hoping happens. Right. And it's and it's the hope would would not be that a child who, for instance, isn't feeling well, you know, goes to school anyway, or a child who isn't going to school for other reasons, who maybe needs, you know, counseling or something like this, that it wouldn't affect that kind of calculus. Correct. And and the measurement here is chronic absenteeism. So missing more than 10% of school days. So the goal here would be to get students to attend more than 90% of school days, but that that doesn't mean that they can't miss days. It just means that they're not going to be missing more than 10%. What would success look like for this pilot program? What do you think success would look like? I think getting a deeper understanding of how we're going to tackle this problem in our highest need urban and rural school districts is sort of the baseline of success. And then I think, you know, we'll look into and we'll see how granular that feedback data is. You know, maybe it's incredibly successful in nudging parents of urban kindergarten or kindergartners in urban districts to get them to boost attendance. And it's really helpful for rural seniors to get them to graduate with a 3.5, but it didn't work in the other districts. So we'll want to, you know, we will learn, well, why not? What was the difference in those schools? Was there something about the implementation? Was there something about pre-existing school culture? This is meant to really help us dive deep on what is a fundamental challenge for our education system at the moment. And is just one other point of clarification, this is definitely going to go ahead or even the pilot program still needs legislative approval? 
We have just uh, introduced this. So we are in still in the committee process in primary and secondary education committee. So while I'm grateful for the conversation starting and for a lot of people being interested in, in this topic, on the legislative side, we certainly have a ways to go uh, to get this through. Ohio Democratic State Representative Dunny Isaacson, thank you very much for your time. Good luck with the bill. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.